0: Welcome to the podcast for the Tuesday morning Q&A with Boyd W. Shepard DDSJD. Each Tuesday morning Q&A podcast is an edited and shortened version of the previously held live Q&A Zoom session. On Tuesday mornings each week, join attorney Boyd Shepard for a one-hour Q&A call where you can ask Boyd questions, then hear his detailed and knowledgeable responses to the legal concerns and business experiences of other dentists. For more information on how you can join in on the Q&A each Tuesday at 7 o'clock a.m., please go to LegalDental.com. Good
1: morning, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. So the question that I posted yesterday in the reminder for tomorrow today's Q&A, which reminds me to say thank you again for joining, whether or not Everyone is familiar with Texas Occupations Code Section 259.004, duties of Texas dentists in certain employment or contractual agreements. And basically, in that particular Dental Practice Act provision, duties of dentists in certain employment or contractual arrangements, there is a statutory liability and responsibility for all licensed Professionals, licensed dentists, uh, on or for the professional acts performed by your dentist associates, who are also licensed, of course. So, this is one of those that I will be able to confirm to you that I do not see enforced that often. And that's why, uh, at the same time, if you receive the newsletter from the board this uh, past week, you will have noticed that in the back, or I say in the back, in the bottom, at the end of the newsletter, there's quite a few Dental Practice Act and board rules that are mentioned uh, or listed that I guess the board wants to remind you about or ask you to take a peek at or just you know they certainly don't list everything but they do highlight quite a few rules and dental practice act provisions uh, as if to with each I think newsletter here's a reminder on these and this one was actually listed and it it was one of those that because I don't see it enforced that often um, it got my attention as I scanned through there The rule, or excuse me, the title looks like this. This is the section in the Dental Practice Act, otherwise known as the Texas Occupations Code, Practice of Dentistry, Duties of Dentists in Certain Employment or Contractual Arrangements. The actual title uses the singular dentist. Um, so if it looks a little off ground grammatically, that's the way it's typed in the actually actual statute. Um, and just for reference, what I gave in the um, email yesterday was actually the second part of the rule, part B. Part a starts off with and in my opinion, you know, just again grammatically, it just seems like part a. <clears throat> is should come after part b in other words they should be reversed but this is part a part a says a person providing dental services under an agreement that allows another person to control or influence any aspect of the delivery of dental services including a business or professional aspect shall report to the board on request and in accordance with board rules basically the following which i'm about to show you but that's interesting right off the bat in the sense that a person providing dental services under an agreement so let's say an associate under a contract that allows another person the owner of the practice to control or influence any aspect and that any aspect broadens the interpretation to cover Anything, right, of the delivery of dental services, including a business or professional aspect, shall report to the board on request in accordance with the board rules. And it has a colon there basically saying the following. And so here's information concerning the agreement. So that's might as well just turn over the agreement there. The manner in which patients are billed. Number three the manner in which the dental service provider is paid and any information provided to patients concerning payment agreements. And number four, information concerning the service provider agreement provided to shareholders of organizations contracting with the dental service provider. And I think it's pretty obvious what they're trying to capture there. I mean, if you're in an agreement uh, with a, service organization, uh, you know, to me, these four bullet points under subpart A of 259.004, they're basically saying we want everything. (laughs) So uh, that's how I interpret that. And so that's the first part of 259.004 is this um, letting you know that when we want a copy when we want to see your agreement that has to do with your employment then we want it all okay um and so just seeing that list that i just listed out there uh, to me that's that's daunting so it, it puts a burden on everyone in my in my opinion that you know, when you enter into an employment agreement with an associate, are you thinking about the fact that the board can request and fully analyze and look at all of your employment agreements and the relationship there? Now, obviously, they're trying to gather information. It's all about protection of the patient, the patient's best interests. That's what the board would want that information for, but at the same time, there's a lot of information about how you conduct your business uh, that's going to be, for lack of a better word, exposed uh, to the to the board. So it's just something to think about. The part of the rule that has to do with what I put in the reminder for the Q and A today is then subpart B. And it reads as follows, a person who participates, excuse me, a person who practices dentistry and has another dentist practicing with or under the person is responsible for all professional acts performed under the name of the person, regardless of whether the dentist has an ownership interest or an employment or contractual relationship. This section does not affect an individual license holders responsibilities and rights under this subtitle. This section does not affect an individual license holders responsibilities and rights under this subtitle. Hello, everyone. A quick break here in the middle. This is Boyd Shepherd. I wanted to make sure that, you know, if you are listening to this podcast you can receive up to eight hours of continuing education credit in risk management that satisfies the Texas State Board of Dental Examiners' eight-hour biennial requirement. To receive this continuing education credit in risk management, please consider subscribing to the podcast for the Tuesday morning Q&A. Go to my website, legaldental.com for more information. Thank you for listening. So when you look at that, again, it's it's tying the owner of the practice, the employer, to the associate. And when I say it's tying them together, what I'm accustomed to, what I do see, What is not unusual is that when there's a complaint by a patient, the patient will complain about the treating doctor, and the treating doctor could be the owner of the practice, or the treating doctor could be the associate. Whoever did the treatment that the patient is complaining about, right? And so in a case where it's the associate Over the last 25 years, I can only think of, and and I've, I, I mean, it's difficult for me to calculate how many board cases and how many doctors I've represented before the board now, but let's just say it's easily in the hundreds. There's no doubt about that, but I've only seen it one time. And in that particular case where the employer was held responsible for the employees the case the bigger case was actually against the employer the employer had several issues with the board and then this was just like piling on because they found in the records where the uh, associates had not complied with board rules and they were putting that liability and that responsibility and, and I'm talking about not only record keeping, but also standard of care. They put that liability of the deficiencies of the associates on the employer. But it was a huge case with several issues. And again, the it was the board was just piling on. Uh, and I use that phrase in the sense that there were so many issues, you know, what's one more? That's the sense that I mean it in. And of course, that's that's my defensive, uh, you know um position on that anyway um <clears throat> what i typically see is that the board will pursue not the owners if the complaint is against an associate but they'll pursue just the treating doctor period and i again i've only seen this once and so to see this provision. At the same time, uh, how do I say it? I I just want to tip my hat. I want to just comment on the breadth of the Dental Practice Act and the breadth of the rules to capture this component. In other words, the board is saying, look, we're not going to leave any stone unturned in the sense that we're all about protection of the patient the health of the patient, the care of the patient, the treatment of the patient, the standard of care relative to the patient. And if there's any aspect of treatment that crosses over from the doctor who may be the associate, may not even be the owner of the practice, have no financial interest in the practice, um, But if there's any influence whatsoever that could have been a factor in the outcome that caused patient harm that crosses over to the employer and the owner of the practice, then we're going to hold responsibility for that also. Uh, So, that's to me what this particular provision is about. I don't know. I I look at everyone online this morning. I feel like there's at least a handful of you, maybe 50%, maybe more that have associates. And so, you know, my question would be, and you don't have to answer, but I always question, you know, this, this particular Dental Practice Act provision was Not new to me, but there's another provision in the board rules that is the mirror image of this, Uh, but but so to see it articulated in the Dental Practice Act as well, particularly when I don't normally uh, see it at all uh, in the enforcement side of things, in board cases, I thought it was worth bringing up and and pointing out to everyone that, um, you know, this is another reason what to, and and you're going to do this anyway, to really, really vet your associates and who's coming in. Have perhaps that interim period where you're really, really keeping a close eye. Perhaps work it out in your employment agreements where, look, let's have a three-month period of time where we get to know each other, each other's working styles, gives you an opportunity as an employer to feel good about uh, who it is that's coming into your practice. You would think that a licensed dentist who's coming in as an associate, particularly if they have a resume of prior experiences and, and the further they get into dental practice, the more experience they have to check references, to do everything you can. Because to me, the liability exposure Relative to the treatment that's being provided by your associate, um, it's not uh, it's not something to take for granted. At the same time, I would I would argue for each and every one of you that none of you take that for granted. It just seems so obvious, and I appreciate that. But at the same time, it's it is a board rule. It's not just standard of care. It's not just civil liability. It's and that's the other aspect of this is that this is easily Something to consider in civil liability. I can tell you the reciprocal is on the civil litigation side of things. This is not unusual at all. I do see in cases where a plaintiff's attorney, on behalf of a patient who has been harmed and they believe they have a civil case for damages, of course, as you would expect, they're suing everyone, right? sue everyone and ask questions later. They are suing the treating doctor as well as the owner of the practice. And there is a uh, uh, civil legal theories that would connect the two. So this isn't uncommon in civil litigation at all. In my opinion, though, it is not common in board rule enforcement you typically see the board pursuing a case, an investigation, an outcome on a complaint against the treating doctor only. And like I said, it was uh, only one case in my particular experience uh, where the board um, put that liability of of, actually it was several associates on the owner of the practice. So that's how I think of it. That's how I perceive it. That's my experience with it. Just wanted to point that out. It was, it was different and not something I typically see. And I just wanted to. Show.
0: Thank you again for listening to the podcast for the Tuesday morning Q and A with Attorney Boyd Shepherd. For more information on how to join the weekly QA each Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., go to legaldental.com. This voice was produced in Typecast, an artificial intelligence voice service.